Hello and welcome to Wineskins, a program that features the lives of the saints and reflections on the Sunday readings, along with information on a variety of topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Jim Corda. Our program is brought to you through the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. Our interview segment today will feature again Karen Sigler in part two of our segment featuring Rhoda Wise. We will also get a glimpse into the life and times of St. Lidwina, along with reflections on the readings for this 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. That and more on Wineskins. In our current issue segment, I will speak with Sister Joyce Canditti about the Oblate Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Joining me again is Sister Joyce Canditti, who is the Director of the Office of Religious for the Diocese of Youngstown and an Oblate Sister of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Welcome back to Wineskins. Thank you, Father. It's just great to be here. You know, Sister Joyce, we love your community. We love your sisters. We want to really lift that up today and just talk about the Oblate Sisters. What exactly is the charism of your community and why should we celebrate that with you? Our community was founded in 1894 by Blessed Teresa Cassini, and the Sacred Heart revealed himself to her and asked her to console his heart and to offer her life for priestly holiness. And that is our charism, to offer our lives for priestly holiness and to do everything also to console the heart of Christ out of love. You know, as you were talking, one thing that comes to mind is that in this world of rather unholy things and very complex and complexing world that we live in, that call to holiness, which is universal, why is it so difficult sometimes for us as human beings to really wrap our minds and our hearts and souls around that concept and virtue of holiness. I think, well, first of all, we we learned from even our elementary school days, you know, it's the fallen nature. I mean, it's we all are subject to that concupiscence of just, you know, we our nature is to be selfish. Our fallen nature is to be selfish, mm-hmm. to live in fear, to worry. And so that's why it's so important that, again, through our baptism, that we become you know, that child of God. So holiness is really seeking to love as God loves, seeking to live a life in total trust. And the interesting thing is, the more we seek to, as St. John Paul II talked about the law of the gift, the more I give of myself to others, the more I fulfill who I am. I realize my greatest identity. So that's what holiness is, seeking to love as God loves. And the irony is that's where our greatest joy is. We were wired by God to do that. And what are some of the things that you and your community of Oblate Sisters do to celebrate that and lift that up and also build that up within yourselves? Well, one of the things, you know, again, rooted in our charism is that we really try to assist priests by praying for them, by offering everything in our life for them, and also to by, uh, directly help them through working with them in their parishes. We teach in schools here in the States and even in seminaries in other parts of the world. So again, to educate and to try to prepare young boys and all children to be able to hear the call that God may give them. And we take care of our 
senior priests, our elderly priests. And we try to do this with great love and joy. And oftentimes when people, you know, could be in need, but if they receive that help with love and joy from the others, it's much more helpful than, than actually the concrete effect or help that we're offering to them. Well, speaking on behalf of the priests of the Diocese of Youngstown and especially the retired priests, we thank your community for many years of service to us and to them. You know, oftentimes as a priest gets older, they are no longer as active as they used to be. And so sometimes they don't feel as appreciated. Uh, And so your community in an atmosphere of love and holiness and goodness create a place for them to come to live, to celebrate, to still say the sacraments and kind of exhilarate themselves with their priestly ministry. So thank you for what you sisters have done over these many years. Yes, it's our privilege and again is what gives us joy as well. We know that you have been fortunate as a local community to have some young women join your community in recent years. What is the climate now of vocations for the Oblates? Well, I think, you know, we are very blessed. We have at least four or five young women that are, you know, in their 30s and 20s. But it's been a few years since we've had any postulants. So we're, I was teasing, you know, the, the sisters and kind of even teasing the dear Lord saying I'm out of a job because I am the mistress of novices. But we're always, you know, this is where we often pray for vocations and we have to trust in the Lord. We have annually a come and see. So we're, we're advertising that. Just recently just sent a letter out to all of, the, of our pastors encouraging them to invite young women. I think people, priests know their people, they know their young people. So just to invite a young person to consider religious life and to let them know that there are religious orders available that would just love them just to come and see and experience. Well, Sister Joyce Candidi, it's always a pleasure to have you here on Wineskins and today to lift up your local community, the Oblate Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we ask that uh, Blessed Teresa Cassini continue to smile down upon your community and upon us as priests, also upon this local church. Well, thank you, Father. Let's pray together for vocations. Amen. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. St. Lidwina was born in Holland and is the patron of the chronically ill. To tell us more is Megan Farrell. She is a communication specialist for the Diocese of Youngstown. St. Lidwina is a Dutch saint who at age 15 was ice skating when she fell and broke a rib. As a result of her injuries, she was bedridden for the rest of her life and endured excruciating pain. Yet she quietly accepted the suffering and prayed constantly during her many years of agony. Saint Lidvina is the patroness of sickness. She was one of nine children. After she was bedridden, she experienced mystical gifts, including supernatural visions of heaven, hell, purgatory, apparitions of Christ, and the stigmata. Thomas Akempis wrote a biography of her. She was canonized by Pope Leo XIII in 1890. After her ice skating accident in 1396, when a friend collided with her and caused a broken rib on the right side, she never recovered from her injuries. An abscess formed inside her body, which later burst and caused Litvina extreme suffering. 
Eventually, she was to suffer a series of mysterious illnesses, which in retrospect seemed to be from the hands of God. Lidvina heroically accepted her plight as the will of God and offered up her sufferings for the sins of humanity. Some of the illnesses which afflicted Lidvina were headaches, vomiting, fever, thirsts, bed sores, toothaches, spasms of the muscles, blindness, neuritis, and the stigmata. Her feast day is April 14th. Let us pray. Saint Lidvina, in your sufferings you knew the weight of the cross. Please pray for all who are burdened in life. Teach them by your example to never waste a drop of pain, but to lovingly and courageously offer it up to our Lord who patiently suffered for the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For Wineskins, this is Megan Farrell. With me again is Karen Sigler, who is the Shrine Director for Rhoda Wise in Canton, Ohio. Welcome back to Wineskin. Thank you. You know, Karen, you were with us last week, and we got a nice insight into Rhoda Wise, Servant of God, and her cause. And today we'd like to talk a little bit more about that. And I'd like to focus briefly, first of all, on the shrine and the grotto. Mm -hmm. So tell us again where that's located and how long that's been in existence. The house is at 2337 25th Street Northeast in Canton, so 44705 zip code. Actually, the house has been open, not necessarily officially, but since everything happened with Rhoda and people were wanting to hear her story. Mm-hmm. It was in the family until Anna Mae died in 95. Anna Mae willed it to Mother Angelica in EWTN mm-hmm. because Mother Angelica had had a cure there that led to her vocation. And the network and Mother's Monastery had it for 20 years until they turned it back to me to form a nonprofit that would sustain it. Mm -hmm. So it's open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. We like people to call because it's small. You know, we still are starting to get buses again, but we had a lot of buses before COVID. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID came, we just left the house open to five people or so at a time. And the people who had come on the buses and then came (laughs) snuck in during COVID said to us, don't change this. It Mm -hmm. makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. And so we still limit, not to five, but we limit the amount of people in the house at a time so that you can really pray. It's easier to concentrate and take Mm -hmm. it in without the distraction of. And it is a shrine. And I think that's what we want people to know. It is a shrine. It's a holy place. Exactly. It's not a big tourist attraction, but it's a holy place for people to come, center themselves, to know the presence of of Rhoda there, but Mm -hmm. also the presence of God. How important is it for us as people of faith to be those people that show others that God is there, that God is present. Because in a troubled, complex world that we live in, people don't always see the authority of God around. Well, it's really important. And one of the charisms, I guess you would say, of Rhoda's home is that 
people that are coming, a lot of people who are searching, really feel his presence there. Mm -hmm. I mean, 99.9% of the people that come in, their first comment is, there's so much peace here. And like we're in the middle of the city and streets and motorcycles Mm -hmm. and cars, but there's so much peace here and Mm -hmm. that's God. Mm -hmm. It's not anything that we do, it's God. Mm-hmm. And that house is open because this story needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do, just share this and give other people the opportunity to experience it. We know that she is called Servant of God for mm-hmm. a reason because the process for her canonization has begun. What are some of those things that have occurred in the past where the community is gathered to celebrate her life and her faith? Well, since the um, cause began, there have been yearly masses at St. Peter's in Canton for the opening of the cause. The mass was there for the closing of the diocesan investigation, for the sending of our miracle inquiry, and we've just continued that every year, and Bishop Bonner has been so gracious to join us every year. So that's the big event, because like I said, Rhoda's house is small and humble, and it doesn't work to have great crowds there now. So we go to St. Peter's usually. In, in the church, not just the building, but the church is a presence in our lives as Catholics. Right. How important was the church for her? Oh, wow. It was everything. When she wasn't too sick, which she mm-hmm. often was, even after she was cured, she suffered more than she did before you know, but it was mystical things mostly. Mm -hmm. But she would go to like two masses, you know, the diary entries that we have before Mm -hmm. she couldn't write anymore. She was always talking about, she was at St. Peter's for this and for this and Mm -hmm. this, so. It's interesting as you were talking, what came to mind visually in the Bible is the story of Anna, the prophetess. Mm -hmm. She was always in the temple, and that's Mm -hmm. what the Bible says. She was always there praising and worshiping and giving thanks to God. And that really was, wrote a wise servant of God, her life. Mm -hmm. You know, having this local church, this local parish that she called home, that she first experienced the faith Mm -hmm. and how that nurtured that faith within her. And then she really became the vehicle to encourage others Mm -hmm. to be part of the faith. And it's not just Catholics that are drawn to her and her cause, but it's all kinds of people. Right, there's Protestants, we've had Jewish people, we've had Mm -hmm. Muslims. As they want to know, we give them the opportunity. And the folks that are with us, what would you like them to know primarily about Rhoda Wise and what can they do to further her cause? Well, the biggest thing they can do to further her cause is to pray for her beatification. Mm-hmm. Rhoda's really surprising me with the answers that people are getting to prayer. You know, she was really devoted to St. Therese, and she seems to have adopted, you know, St. Therese she said she would come down. Mm-hmm. Well, people have seen Rhoda, you know, I mean, I just got an email last week about it. She is answering people. She's mm-hmm. People know that she hears them. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe the one thing we haven't talked about that is important is that, you know, Rhoda was a victim soul. She suffered so other people would be able to get grace. She would offer herself that way. I think it's important that I think Rhoda would always still encourage those who are open to pray for healing, yes, mm-hmm. but accept your sufferings also 
and offer them for the conversions and welfare of others mm -hmm. because we are a part of his body that right. suffered. So. Right. Well, you know, and that's basically one of the most perfect ways that, that us Christians could unite ourselves to Christ, and that's with his suffering on the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, to accept whatever pain, whatever peril, whatever discomfort, whatever the Lord gives us, whatever cross that is, to pick that up daily, as the evangelist says, and to walk knowing that we don't carry that alone, that Jesus is there, the saints are there, servants of God are there to help us in that pilgrimage. And for the folks that are with us that are experiencing that, you know, lay that at the Lord's feet, lay that at the saints' feet, and ask them to help lighten the load to pick up that cross and to walk with him. Just one final mention about the place, website, and the address. Okay. The website is rotawise.com. You'll find the phone number, the address on there. The address is 2337 25th Street, Northeast, Canton, 44705. The most important thing if you're going to visit is to call because we do still get buses sometimes, and you might be disappointed with your visit if you don't call ahead. Karen Ziegler, Shrine Director for Rota Wise, thank you so much for being with us and for enlightening us further about this servant of God. Thanks for asking. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. For more information and to listen to Wineskins, visit the website www.catholicecho.org. The annual Diocesan Appeal, One in Hope, One in Mission, is the primary activity of raising funds to help the clients of Catholic Charities throughout the Diocese of Youngstown, as well as supporting the many ministries and activities of our Diocesan Church. This year's goal is $4 million. While that seems like a very vast amount, it is an attainable goal when everyone throughout our Diocesan community recognizes the way in which God has blessed them and offers whatever resources possible, coming from all of our parishes across our six counties, to truly be a people of charity, a people of hope, a people of mission. I thank you for your gift to the annual appeal, and I hope that together we might all continue to be one in hope and one in mission, building up the life of the church and building up the presence of Christ for all in need. God bless you. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. Our song today is from the CD entitled, I Will Sing. It is by Vince Ambrosetti. You did not choose me, rather I chose you first, that my own joy be yours and your joy be
than I have fashioned you to serve my purpose. My peace is yours to share. My love is yours to keep. My spirit comes to Rather I chose you first That my own joy be yours And your joy be When you did not see me Then I had sought you out And so anointed you to carry my world and my love. A time may come to pass that some because of me will hate you without scripture reflection for this 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time will be done by Deacon Ed Laubacher. He is from St. Paul Church in North Canton. This is one of my favorite gospel passages. There is so much going on that needs investigated. First, we have Jesus sending his apostles across the Sea of Galilee. Surely they had to wonder how he was going to get across the sea later on. Then Jesus dismisses the crowds. Remember, those who ate were about 5,000 men, not counting women and children, a huge crowd that Christ had refused to send away until they were fed physically, and this was after he had fed them spiritually. Then Jesus goes up the mountain for some quiet time, some much-needed prayer time. He had given so much, he needed to be resupplied by his Father. This is a great lesson for all of us. We cannot give what we do not have. We cannot take care of others if we do not take the time to be replenished ourselves. Finally, 
at about three in the morning after the apostles had been battling fierce winds and waves attempting to row across the sea, Jesus approaches them, walking on top of the waves. Of course they were terrified. Who would not be? These were experienced fishermen. They made their living fishing during the nighttime. They were not used to expecting this kind of an event. Besides, they were totally focused on surviving this storm. And then they suddenly see someone walking across the waves. Yikes! Every one of us have faced down some rough storms in our lives. Times when we felt abandoned and alone. Times when we wondered if we could survive what was going on around us. For many Christians, there is that idea that once you embrace Christ, that your life will suddenly become so much easier, that you will prosper and have no difficulties. Jesus never, ever promises anything like that. In fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, he promises us the exact opposite. He promised suffering in this world, just as he did suffer. However, he also said that he has overcome this world and promised eternal joy for those who persevere and rely on him. So then we have Peter who begs to rely on Jesus and states, Command me to come to you on the water. And this starts very well for Peter. And can't you just see the other apostles watching this from the boat? They would have stopped their struggle against the wind and waves which were still howling and crashing all around them. Their eyes would have been glued on their Lord, who appeared as a ghost to them, while also watching Peter walk for just a few steps on top of the water. Amazing! All was well for a few seconds, until Peter took his eyes off Jesus and focused instead on the strong winds that had continued, and he then began to sink. In our struggles and difficulties in this life, we too will sink if we only focus on the problems, the difficulties, the solutions that we just simply cannot seem to find. Remember, we will all have these storms, these winds and waves, these deaths and divorces, health problems and lost jobs. And there is Jesus coming to us across the tempest to reassure us to climb in our boat and steady the rocking back and forth, to calm the winds and waves, and help us make it to shore. For Wineskins, I'm Deacon Ed Laubacher. I'm reminded of an old gospel song that goes like this. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, stand by me. We can make that our prayer and know that it will be answered. He will stand by us, and His presence will enable us to survive the storms of life. Wineskins is made possible by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. Wineskins is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm Father Jim Corda, thanking you for being with us. Have a blessed Sunday. And a reminder that this coming Tuesday is the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary a holy day of obligation.
What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I bought her an orchid. What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. 